How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going, Ryan, Dave? Am I your co-host, or are you my co-host? I mean, if that's changed now, I'll be surprised, because we've been recording at your apartment for a while. I'll say maybe you're my co-host. It could be. I don't know if co-host is like... I think I think that is the case, right? Those are equivalent positions. It definitely is. I'm just yanking your chain. Yeah. Subhost is a completely different <laughs> thing. It's the dom host, the subhost. <laughs> You're just the guy who lives here. <laughs> All right. What what game do you want to talk about tonight, Dave? Uh, not really feeling specific game, Jake. Sounds good. We can talk about character and how important it is to have character in this society. <laughs> I was going to make the joke of a... Uh, Video game without characters hmm. would be boring as fuck. <laughs> that would be pretty rough. <laughs> I was gonna have something rhyming and poignant, but uh, didn't think of it in two seconds. So yeah, so we figured uh, we were, you know, always open to try new things in our lives and in well, our you podcasts. say that you've also <laughs> turned me down a lot. <laughs> Certain new things. So um, we figured we'd give it this a shot. Kind of open up possibly uh, one. E- plus episode series oh definitely uh, plus yeah we'll we'll see how it comes out (laughs) i i do like the idea of hard committing to multiple entries at this point especially if we later never follow up it's just done but uh called video game breakdown unless we change that oh i never looked up a better name for that that's my bad all right we're gonna keep calling it video game breakdown this episode, <laughs> this episode is about uh, characters in video games, in particular, um, characterization, character development, how important it is. Yeah, so we'll probably go over uh, some good examples of games that exemplify this well. <laughs> yeah, we won't. Let's not go crazy. Some examples, <laughs> and then if it comes to, we'll probably have some, hopefully have some examples of where it was not done as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think... To give um, you the full spectrum. Because <laughs> you don't have any thoughts of opinions of your own. Right. And, and you take from us like a sponge. Just hear you're the recipients of our wisdom. <laughs> wisdom. Choice words, Jacob. Yeah. But uh, kind of just kick us off here. Like, how would you... How would you categorize... Uh, how, or how would you say... How important is characterization in games for you when you're thinking about... Um, going through a game how how much does it impact your play experience it i hate i hate fucking saying this phrase it depends yeah i mean it, you have to that's literally the only answer yeah, to that it, question i got it right <laughs> so like most recently i was playing a little bit of forager uh-huh and it doesn't really fucking matter right. like they have some npcs and stuff but that's not really a part of the core gameplay and it's very ancillary right and it's not that's like a good word your main character needs to have development or interactions with other players or something. Mm-hmm. And it's not a story-driven game. Right. So in that instance, I don't give two shits. But if it's something where you want the player to be immersed, you need to have some degree of world building, usually through either the main character or you maybe have like a silent protagonist and it's all based around the interactions with the world and other people in the game. Right. So like, would you, would you classify forager kind of with like older, more traditional style games where it's kind of arcadey or based solely around like the mechanics of the game, as opposed to what the game is trying to tell you story wise. Um, probably. Yeah. But also like to justify some older games, like at the time it's just a new medium mm-hmm. and they're like what would be interesting and fun for people so you have like bright and shiny shit you have things that eat quarters and then later people are like oh we can do more with this technology and this medium yeah and that's where people are like oh we can use it to tell an interactive story yeah because i know like it's been more of a recent ex- uh i'm using use the term explosion of games that are um very focused on story almost to the point and in many people's opinion, past the point of where it's like no longer necessarily a game. Um, like minimum level of interactivity, 
maximum level of this is basically a, a movie at this point. Oh, the um, walking simulator category? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Or sometimes even beyond that. There's a, um, I don't recall the name of it. Uh, it's on uh, Steam. It's literally a movie that is a choose-your-own-adventure. There's just uh, diverging paths, and there are recorded scenes for each outcome, but it's a choose-your-own-adventure movie. I wouldn't, brief tangent, I wouldn't consider that a game uh-huh. because it's like the Goosebumps or any other type of book from that time, Choose Your Own Adventure, where you just skip to a page. It's just that you'd be left-clicking instead. Yeah. So. But, but it's like, um, that's kind of like to, to bring this into characterization and like characters, storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's literally all it is, right? It's it's stripped out all of the game mechanics or the game hood, you know, in that case. And uh it exists purely as a medium to, to tell you a story, um, which is, I would put that on the opposite side of the spectrum from like kind of arcade or traditional games where it's like, I found a cool mechanic and a cool idea and let's build a game around it. Something like Portal, um, which is probably an interesting kind of example because Portal has both a complete lack of character from the protagonist in the first game uh chell doesn't have personality well in either game really (laughs) yes yeah um you could you could make maybe an argument in the second game that based off her off of her actions you can kind of determine some things about her character but it's probably a stretch i'm going full squinty eyes on you here jake right for our audio listeners you can't see my eyes which is everybody Mm -hmm. um i would say that portal is more an example of Solid fucking gameplay mechanics. Right. Praise the game. Might even do another episode on it. Did we do an episode on it? <laughs> We've done an episode on Portal. Okay. Not, okay. Portal, um, not Portal 2. <laughs> I almost lied there. But I think what makes the game more interesting is you have these interactions with Gladys. Like it's right. That's who's spurring you on, either with positive reinforcement or more likely negative reinforcement. Right. But like. The character's really cool and interesting because she's very sarcastic and, like, heavy-handed with it. Yeah. And it wasn't really a big thing. So it's kind of, like, a very stand-up personality, mm. and it was voiced well. And she was like, I get this character, and I know what to expect. Yeah. It's kind of like um, uh, Chell is, is sort of just a walking, like, recipient for input from the game. Yes. As far as... Uh, actual character and personalization goes like um people love gladys like you like you said she's uh the the snark comes through and just pushes you through the the whole the whole adventure but um challenges for you yeah mm-hmm. to interrupt your train of thought that's fine <laughs> uh, do you have a preference between uh, the example there being like a silent protagonist mm-hmm. where kind of the other characters in the world have a lot of personality or do you prefer when the main character has a lot of personality yeah. so this is this was one of the few points i actually thought about <laughs> no but uh uh it's it depends <laughs> that'd be how i answer that uh it kind of de- it depends on the game and what i'm going to try to get out of it okay so like give me an example of each so a game i don't care um or actually there's two types probably of games i don't care if the protagonist has a personality would be um a open rpg where you're given choice in some capacity um and in that not having a personality actually allows you to project whatever playthrough or character you want to run with your play style yeah i'm not gonna like say like oh you ran through in skyrim and you killed everybody so you're a bad person no maybe you're just playing a bad person that playthrough right um and that's something that like a lot of uh open world choosy rpgs where like choice matters things like that derive a lot of their fun and um recent kind of examples in that space where traditional ips like fallout have moved to uh voice characters and characters that have their own like specific kind of you can choose a response but your character's emotional reaction to events as they happen is all fixed because you're you have voiced responses yeah um it 
separates you from the character. You're playing as John Williamson or whoever. Wow, great fucking character name. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you mean, though. Like back in the elder days of games, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, all Legend of Zelda games is a great example. Yeah, because Link will make sound effects. I thought you were going with Elder Scrolls. <laughs> the Elder, the Elder game. <laughs> you know, Zelda. <laughs> but, like, in that context, you feel that, like, you are the hero of time and you're going through. Because mm-hmm. um, it does feel, it does kind of, like, take away a little bit. If you're like, yep, that's me. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, that's not how I would perceive the character of Link to be. That's yeah. not how I would play that character. And it's like, even in the name, Link. Right, like he was named as like a placeholder for whatever name you choose. Right, he's as much of a blank character kind of as you can get yeah. in that aspect. But to that same end, or to the opposite end, because oh. I can't do form sentences. That's not like necessary. Some, some later <laughs> games, something like Wind Waker, mm-hmm. they do have a lot of emotes for the face. Yeah, which adds its own personality. So since he's not talking to other players or other NPCs. Mm-hmm. characters in the game there's still a sense of like this is what this character is thinking or going through right you can see him be surprised yeah or like, like the what's the classic one like the the squinty eyes i'm not sure exactly i never actually the played size. wind waker but i played a little bit mm-hmm. i just know people really disliked it when it initially came out but now then, everyone loves it and now people love it yeah um i the uh, for an entry earlier than that that had some um emotion from link all i know is that in the nintendo 64 releases like ocarina of time and george's mask he's really excited when he opens chests just really excited (laughs) that's how i open uh, amazon packages yeah my front doorstep i have like the box cutter i'm like (laughs) throw out my back (laughs) your neighbors just see you holding whatever you purchase up in here (laughs) oh man yeah um but yeah, he's he's a great example of a kind of blank character or a character that um, until later wasn't developed when his own personality and the importance in Legend of Zelda, like that was an early series, came from like, what's the gameplay like? Like, is the gameplay fun? Nobody cared if Link was like, uh, if he was red or blue on the Mass Effect chart, you know, Um or whether he had sarcastic responses um, or sincere responses. It's like it was very much focused on the gameplay. Yes. So I think um, another example, and that would be uh, unvoiced protagonists in action games. Um, and one we have in here is is Doom, which we've covered in the past, as you know. And uh, I actually really like how... This is, this is an example of a game where there is lore, there is story, none of it's thrown in your face, and... Yeah, it's all it's all pre-existing, though. Yeah. It's one of those things where it assumes you're going into the game is like, you've probably experienced earlier titles or heard about it because it's a classic game that's been around for a very long time. Yeah. And it, it also doesn't need the story for you to go and experience and enjoy the game. Yeah. But I'll let you continue where I know where you're going. Oh yeah, and they actually they actually use the fact that Doom Guy doesn't say anything um, to their advantage to uh, inform the early game player. Because as you know, reviewers as soon as they pick up a game now, they don't know how to like walk through elevator doors or interact with anything. Um, button prompts are meaningless. Um, they actually in the the very start of the game. They use in a cutscene, in a rare rip your control away from you cutscene in that game, uh, they show you that he doesn't care about the plot. He doesn't care about other people's objectives. Yeah. He's here to kill demons. And they do that without him saying anything, just with like a moment's uh, response to this uh, uh, Sam, uh, Dr. Samuel Hayden. Yeah. Talking to him on the monitor. I like how my voice went deeper for that response because I'm just trying to exemplify. Or- be personify Dr. Samuel yeah. Hayden. Dr. Samuel Hayden. Hayden. <laughs> Hayden. Yeah. <laughs> Quit hating. <laughs> but uh, you know, rips the monitor off those to the ground and you're like, okay, he doesn't care. Right? That's it. 
like and there's very little beyond that point that is um more than you just walking around shooting things like he doesn't say anything he stands around for some walking sections but for the most part that was all they wanted to tell you about the character yeah from his own you know actions and words and things like that they don't give you any of that the only other times i think you interact with doom guy or get a little bit of more perspective mm-hmm. there is another scene where it's like hey i need you to dismantle this thing and just take it apart we'll shut it down we'll fix it later yeah and you can tell doom guy's obviously confused <laughs> by the electrical equipment uh-huh. and so he just starts punching and he just breaks it with his fists yeah and you're like all right i guess that works and also you can find the little mini doom guys throughout as like a little collectible the figures but like he kind of like fist bumps with her it has like a cool little like oh that's neat yeah for the classic one yeah yeah when you get the classic uh mini it's it's really cool it doesn't take anything like out of the game as it's being provided for you as it's setting up and uh it really just drives home for people who may have never played doom what the game's about um but that one's interesting because that's actually kind of like I would, I would classify doom as somewhere in the middle for um unvoiced seemingly nameless um character quote-unquote characterless protagonists mm-hmm. because they almost do a little hybrid there where they still convey some information to you it's not like you're actually a blank nobody and you can do whatever you want um but i think it just enhances it enhanced the game like doom for sure as our listeners know if they've listened to us gush about that game or if you just heard jake's intro um yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like a little goes a long way. I prefer subtlety mm-hmm. and minimalism compared to overt, over the top. Like we always make this joke of like, "Hey, here's my full backstory." You're like, ah, that's not how you. <laughs> and it's just it's too heavy-handed. Yeah, I like things that are Dark Souls <laughs> being the obvious example. I like that it's opt-in. Yeah. If you are explicitly looking for Dark Souls lore, you can find it through interaction with characters, mm-hmm. items but you have to go out of your way. It's not, bam, here's the thing. Here's what you got to do. Yeah. It kind of gives you a loose, loose Mm open-ended. There's even less characterization applied to the protagonist in Dark Souls than Doom, I would argue. Like the Chosen Undead or whoever you're playing as in Dark Souls for the given title um, has no like implicit reaction to anything that happens to you um there's no surprised face on your character in, in dark souls when something happens you're like oh god no if yeah. you're playing without mods sure yeah <laughs> but it doesn't need it it does because the whole game is built around like the mechanics obviously mm-hmm. the story yeah um, and then the other characters each have their own full backstory and kind of who they are and what they bring to the world yeah and i think i really like that setup I think that's probably one of my favorite setups where you don't have to um, you don't have to take as baggage anything about the character you're playing as you're not you know that like the souls get like the souls guy right <laughs> the nice. chosen undead is yeah. uh, he's not gonna like jump in a cutscene and kill somebody that you cared about because he doesn't do anything you don't tell him to do he has no personality quote unquote um, so you get to learn about the other characters in the world. You get to like help them out on their personal quests, things like that, and learn more about them. Tangent, before we go into full-on, you are playing as a character that's like scripted in a sense. Yeah. Um, an example I just thought of is Divinity Original Sin 2. You can play okay. as a custom character. Yeah. Or you can play as a pre-made story character. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever you have interactions with people you can do certain things um and based on your stats you can maybe try and persuade somebody or intimidate them right but you can kind of guide that storyline so i'm not sure where i'm going with this yeah well it's something that provides more option for you mm-hmm. but as far as the pre-made story characters are concerned they are all voice acted and have a range of responses based on things that happen right 
And I feel like that level of attention to fucking detail. Yeah. Again, I want to talk about, like, they did a patch where they, like, re-recorded, I don't know how many hours of dialogue. Yeah. And added additional content. Yeah. No. Like, they didn't fucking have to. They didn't charge extra for it. <laughs> but just the fact that Larian Studios went and did all of that. Mm-hmm. And again, like, you can play as a custom character and still get so much out of it just because of how much was put into the world and every single other piece of yeah. characters. And it's honestly, that's that's the hardest path, I think. And, like, the games will go over. I think the most difficult path to take is one where you design characters with personality and then you let players determine how their personality develops. And then you change the world, you change other characters, you change other interactions um, along the same time um, in response to what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, that's just, from a game development standpoint, that's by far the hardest to accomplish. Um, it takes the most resources. So, yeah, it depends what type of experience you want to sell. It's like to the it's consumer. the RPG, right? Like, how yeah. do you how do you get that in a non RPG? I don't know. <laughs> you have to answer now, Dave. We need at least one answer. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no. It's... So, the other question I was going to ask is. Where do you think there can be stronger emotional ties for like investment in a game? So okay. with that, fuck, what's the word? Mm-hmm. With this uh, point here of Divinity: Original Sin Two, yeah. For how long I played and how much you get to learn about the characters, mm-hmm. I was heavily invested. So I cared what happened and I wanted to complete character storylines, etc. But I know something we have on the list. Which is very... You don't get to choose what happens. Yeah. Which one is that? I forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> Last of Us. Last of Us, yeah. Which for me was probably like the highest emotional investment I've ever had in a game. Yeah. And I still think it's one of the best games of all time. Oh, yeah. I don't and, think you're alone on that. Yeah. You don't get to choose what happens. You're playing through a story. Yeah. But the interactions between the characters and how distinct the characters are... Oof. Yeah, this is very, a, very true to life. I would argue for The Last of Us, the fact that you have no, actually no control over how the characters develop as far as their personalities are concerned makes the story they're trying to tell that much more impactful because Naughty Dog knows exactly what arc their characters are going to take. They can set up events that will impact the characters in meaningful ways and cause their personality to develop and they don't have to deal with like bipolar player choices where like your brother takes the controller and then you start choosing to, to like kill all of the survivors or something like that, right? Um, you don't have to reconcile that. You can tell a much more personal story um, that you've written, that you've, you know exactly how it will play out. Yeah. So more than uh, some of the games that are based people derive most of their enjoyment from like the gameplay like doom and this you can you can derive actual satisfaction from learning how the characters are going to change and what's going to happen to them um yeah it's i'm trying to think of a game that impacted me probably my biggest one before i knew lots of this existed and actually had to play it because it was only a ps3 and i wasn't going to buy a ps3 right they're like hey remaster ps4 is like interesting <laughs> PS3 is just like in the middle here, right? Yeah. Like people know PS2, people know PS4. What was PS3? A uh, game, a uh, system that wasn't really backwards compatible. Um, <laughs> for me, it was Bioshock Infinite. Oh yeah, because it was still in the Bioshock universe, so I was obviously addicted. But also, it was another one of those scripted stories where you have a character and you have another character, mm-hmm. and it's based on their interaction and relationship. Yeah. So you care for each character. You want to see them get through the game and do well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what last of us does so well is it challenges the characters constantly and right. inter- has them interact with other characters who are also real. Yeah. Nobody is over the top. I'm the villain Tweedles mustache yeah. and like throws rocks at puppies. Yeah. Um, everybody has a legitimate motivation for their actions or it's based on like, it's a zombie apocalypse. I could see somebody falling into that role of like, yeah. I think the first one of the first guys you encounter, he's kind of like 
holed up, doesn't trust anybody. He has a series of traps. He's like, oh yeah, in the town. It's me versus the world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's it's really just a playground that is entirely derived from that concept, right? Like apocalypse happened, how would real humans react to this? Yeah. Like not not fallout like exaggerated robots and mutants. Like how would people actually deal with this and what would the, the yeah. ramification be? I ramifications. Th- I would even go another step further to say I think one of the reasons it does that so well is because it doesn't rely on humor at all. Oh yeah. Like if there is humor, it's very minor. Mm-hmm. And it's done in like a hey, we're kind of fucked, right? Yeah. Kind of way. It's a it's glancing humor. Yeah. Where it can't stick because people they have so much baggage. Shit's way too heavy in that game for you to be like, oh, oh, here's here's the jokey character, here's the the mood lightener. Yeah. Who has like a a theme song when they walk into this yeah. scene. <laughs> the Fonz shows <laughs> up, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have they don't have anything like that and it, it makes it makes the experience a lot closer to um, reading about what will happen. I would I would compare it to like a book, to a good book with uh, character development. Where You would compare it to a bad book. <laughs> yeah, I would compare it to a good book in this case. And and the and how I review games, it's good book, bad book. <laughs> Those are the I would two give stories. that a good book out of ten. <laughs> but um, really, it's you're, you're there, moved along by the experience. Like the gameplay in The Last of Us, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's like solid. It's absolutely solid. I honestly don't care really whether it would be slightly better or slightly worse. My in, like overall enjoyment of the game would not be majorly impacted, which is sometimes rare for games. That's because I wanted to know what happens in The Last of Us. Like, it's like a book. Yeah. You're moving through it, and if there's a particularly dry couple paragraphs or a section of the game where you're like, am I really sneaking through another area, killing these guys? I just did that. You don't remember it, because that's not why you're playing the game. Yeah, it's kind of a means to an end at that point. Yeah. It's it's the, the sections between what the major payoff is which is what's the next thing that happens here and i think that um like i said that's that's one of the strongest emotional impacting storytelling approaches you can take um especially as it impacts character development yeah and it's also this is again branching away from characterization but the pacing of that game yeah and how it's done for everything it's not rushed for the sake like in a movie you have a finite time mm-hmm. to convey this story arc yeah. they were re-going over the canon of like original superman right a lot happens i'm sure in the actual origins of superman if you go back to like comic book lore yeah but you can't touch upon all of that in a movie time span exactly unless you break it up into a bunch of things you are like it's really dry i feel like they're just milking it for money at this point <laughs> how many origins do you need right <sighs> It's a lot, as it turns out. Modern movies have told us it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and... I don't know. I End, end my thought there. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it is... Someday someday we're definitely going to have an episode. I think when on the Superman? next... Yeah, 64? On Superman. We've already <laughs> talked about it. But uh, I think when the next Last of Us game comes out, we'll have to come back and talk about the, the current Last of Us game. But, the, the not quite last of us yeah <laughs> most of us but, <laughs> but not all of us it's like two people have left the party you're like most of us <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's that's a really good example of the opposite of the blank character the the um voiceless protagonist there's other people in that space obviously but they'll share a lot of the aspects we've already talked about yeah gordon freeman from half-life he's the savior of pc gaming obviously um capitalized you know pc gaming modern pc gaming i don't know anymore maybe not but <laughs> 90s at least um and he exists basically entirely as a mirror for other characters to act upon like he's just there to have people interact with him yes like that's it and i think that's perfectly valid as well it's just it's not going to invest me as much as a 
a story where the writing has more personal interaction with who you're playing as. Change of. Mm-hmm. And anybody who knows me knew that I would bring this up. Yeah. Undertale. Right. Okay. Undertale has a laid out story. Mm-hmm. It has defined characters in the universe. Yeah. Your character is silent, mm-hmm. but you can affect things based off of your actions. Right. Which changes the interactions with the characters. So if you are pacifist and you're going through versus going on a murdering rampage. Right. This goes into the RPG bucket of how the world reacts to what you do. But you're yeah. kind of a blank slate. You're blank you're completely. <laughs> I don't think your model ever changes. Like you have four <laughs> directions. Um, Actually, I, I said a blank kid. I saw a comic earlier where it's just like uh, everyone has assumed that Frisk is a kid. Yeah, but it was really like thirty-eight. <laughs> it's just like, why do why do people keep treating me like this? <laughs> I pay my taxes. <laughs> That's true. Well, they said like kids were falling in holes. You're like, yeah. So that's a kid, right? Right. Maybe people just assumed. Maybe it's like a Westworld thing where it's like, hey, we can put some information <laughs> here. Scene change. You're like, <laughs> okay, so we're on the same page. You're like, no, we we switched it up for you. No, you're you're the 38 year old guy that follows the trail of kids into the hole. <laughs> where, the, where are those kids going? <laughs> Maybe you're falling for dubious means. We yeah, don't know. You don't know. You know. Reach out to us on Twitter, uh, Toby Fox. <laughs> wrap that up for us. Thank you. Friend of the show, Toby Fox. The reason I want to mention Undertale is that was another very emotionally impactful game for me mm-hmm. as far as investment and needing to like take a life break afterwards. Yeah. What was that um, phrase you used? I used a lot of phrases. Too. I know. <laughs> it was the one like after you have something that's like, very emotionally impactful, you just need to like, take a step back. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can think of that one like i think you talked about it for like requiem for a dream oh yeah i don't know if I, I i don't recall a phrase but i know you just sometimes have to take a couple days off and just resynchronize with the world you feel desynced from reality yeah um and particularly good piece of medium of literature or a movie or a game can put you in that state where it's just um, or my mixtape. Yeah, or your, Dave's mixtape. It's hot fire. Check it out, guys. Uh, friend of the show, Dave. Um, but it really just takes you out of reality so much that you have to readjust to, to living there. Sometimes binging anime does that to me also. Where I'm just like, you get really attached to the characters and you get to the end and you realize none of it is real. real yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a melancholy... Uh, sense of loss there's a japanese word for it. i can't remember it but um i feel like many other languages besides english mm-hmm. have some very interesting words or phrases that define something that we don't have words for currently yeah it's like it's it's an emotion in english that you could like describe in a phrase yeah and it's just a word in a different language because people know how to deal with their emotions better but um yeah it's like that <laughs> So what would you say is one of your higher up there for this is a well-defined character mm-hmm. in a game? A well-defined character in a game? I mean, I'm going to take Last of Us off the table. Right. I feel like anybody could argue Joel and Ellie, they're holy shit. Yeah. They do a great job of that. And it's also because of the interaction between them. I yeah. know you literally just took it off the table, but like I'm picking it up off the floor and putting it back on the table. How much do you think just the ladder sequences actually impact players emotional uh emotional investment in their relationship context for anybody who never played the game there are sections where you play as a character but you might need to have like if you're playing as joel yeah um but you can't get to a thing so you'll like set up a ladder for ellie who's smaller lighter more nimble Mm -hmm. to go and like help you out yeah and they do this in god of war as well between you and boy yeah boy that is his name i believe um and i do think it actually does add something Mm -hmm. it's like a very minor thing it's usually like during some dialogue it doesn't feel like it's taking away you're still playing the game throughout but it develops this very small bond in a way yeah and again in bioshock infinite 
Booker, catch. Yeah, she's Elizabeth helping you out. Elizabeth was like fucking whipping money at you, health <laughs> potions, mana. She's like managing stocks and then funneling you profit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, but it's a little thing that does make you care. Yeah. It, okay, fucking companion cube from Portal. Yeah, we, that t- we was talked just, about that. Yeah. yeah. We talked about it in that one episode. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Doom. Um it's just that little bit of help. I was gonna wonder where you were going with Doom. That, I don't remember who else you Doom. It was it was a red herring as a as a joke. <laughs> doomed. I'm I'm doomed. <laughs> In Dota too. Yeah. Um, but it's that little bit of help that a box gives you, yeah. where you feel personally attached to the box. Mm-hmm. In the same way, just helping somebody with like a ladder, and then they help you, and maybe they throw you a rope. Yeah. It's that little little thing. Yeah, it it changes the dynamic from like an escort quest in one of these games into a partnership, which I think is massively well worded, my dude. Important uh, for actually developing the characters here. Yeah, because obviously you it the game would give you incentive to keep a character alive. Obviously, you need to get carry from point A to point B. Yeah, if your character dies, obviously they respawn. Um, but like in an escort mission, if that person dies, you have to restart the mission. Yeah, exactly. Why do you suck so much? Get good, do CJ. Where's the follow the train? <laughs> do you remember Fable? Yes. Yeah. Do you know which mission I'm talking about? Uh, there's there was a couple escort ones there. The one that stands out in my mind, you had to go like rescue somebody from a cave, mm-hmm. and then get into the cave is easy breezy. Yeah. On the way back out, it's like. All these goblins spawned. Yeah. You're going to be fine because you have swords and magic. Yeah. This person just kind of like following you slowly. Like, should I follow you? You're like, now's a really bad time. <laughs> yeah. It's it's super obnoxious. It's, yeah. That's, that's not how you develop a relationship between characters. And also, like, those are NPCs that you see very briefly. Yeah. They're there for the sake of the mission. Right. We remember them as NPCs. We don't remember them as Exactly. Characters. They're not characters. Yeah. It's really interesting, actually. I remember so, there's an original question before I brought us back to The Last of Us. Jake, I, I don't have a plan. I don't know if you've picked up on that in the past year. No, so. That's fine. Let's um, talk about how difficult and approaches necessary to pull it off it is to characterize characters in multiplayer games. Ah. Somebody's so, been looking at the Overwatch Because... <laughs> I think that this is this is an interesting problem that um, some games have succeeded on significantly more than others, and I think usually the consensus seems to be that if you have a multiplayer game, go shallow with the characters. Um, but you look like you have a counter argument. You do have to to a degree. Yeah, I think you can build more depending on like. How long it's been going? So, like most recently, I've been watching just Mortal Kombat videos because oh, yeah. me watching, too. Actually, watching fighting games at any point, I'm like, man, that's cool. Yeah, and I don't fully understand it, but yeah, cool. But each of those characters are very distinct, mm-hmm. and they need to be because why would you pick this guy versus this guy? Right. So maybe like early Mortal Kombat's not the best example. There's like three palette swapped ninjas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like reptiles of Zero and Scorpion. But, like, now, if you watch, like, the interest for the characters, they're all very distinct. They all mm-hmm. have different play styles. And that's what you want. Yeah. So, for, like, Overwatch, you need to have distinct things. Otherwise, like, why'd you pick this person over this person? Yeah. It's Part act- of it's going to be, like, I prefer support versus DPS. Right. Or I like to be in somebody's face versus kind of, like, hanging back. Mm-hmm. But the further you go into it, to me, is still mind-boggling because... If you're like, Dave, make a game with characters, I'd be like, all right, there's this guy, this archetype, then there's this one. Range DPS. Shit. Melee DPS. Like, how do you think of a third distinct character? Yeah. That, like, is not like, oh, that's obviously a cop off of this one. Right. You know? it's, it's especially tough in, like, the MOBA space right now like how do you how do you make a new moba hero that's not like really good you're ripping off league and dota at the same time way to go dota you know it's just it's really dumb um it's it's kind of impossible not to get a bunch of uh similarities for anyone you release now but when you said shallow yeah overwatch could you elaborate on that a little bit 
yeah, it's kind of um, there's an entire space, I guess, of multiplayer games that exist now where the character development is capped at a point because, or at least it probably should be. And to qualify that, um, Borderlands came mm-hmm. out, Borderlands 1. And, oh, uh, is that out? Yeah, <laughs> that came out a while ago. Um, and one of the gripes a lot of people had with the game was... Um, all these characters are always dumping exposition on you, just like a rain of exposition. You're just standing there as the exposition falls about you and on your person. And it's constantly being interrupted by anyone else doing literally anything else. And um, it really just didn't matter or assist. Like it didn't push the experience at all. Um, Unless you're playing with like two people, and you're moving slowly, and you're waiting for dialogue to end, there's no way that you fully experience what characters were trying to tell you in that game. Yeah. And the uh, my other point I had for Borderlands is the protagonists, the char- playable characters in that, don't change at all. Their personality is 100% fixed. Yep. Um, maybe it's like, oh yeah, go get them blood, you know, for Bloodwing or whatever. But uh, as far as inner part or inner group interactions just doesn't really happen um no one develops at all until the second game where you're just like oh the writers were like after all of these events this person's changed a bit they're like jaded so they're gonna see things differently yeah but that's only possible once they moved them into an npc perspective once they're no longer playable so, I'm talking about two things. Mm-hmm. The way my mind is working currently, I see it in like two different spaces. Yeah. In the one space, you have a game like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, mm-hmm. which we're going to play post-recording. Yeah. Uh, and that allows you, as a gamer or a player, to essentially wear multiple masks. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling playing like a cool young Ness and like using magic on people? Are you feeling like a big badass Ganon and you just want to wait for somebody to dodge roll into you, right? right? Yeah. It allows you to change your play style in the same way Overwatch is, mm-hmm. where you're not fixed to like a certain thing. And they're, they're not like heavily invested games for that sense, because yeah. they are also multiplayer. Right. You're not going to have dialogue in the middle of Smash where your characters stop and they have like an anime off. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the next episode... Stock three. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be a good. I'm sure that actually is the name Machinima of like a, or yeah, something. something already that yeah. exists. Just like a rocket jump. Um, Machinima, enemy of the show. Don't <laughs> say that. I have deep ties. <laughs> Not ties, just interest. Yeah. Um, guys, deep guys. <laughs> deep. That guy is deep. <laughs> we should see if there's like an episode where I don't make a dumb sexual joke. I literally mentally tally off the first time you use an R-rated swear or something sexual. I'm like, and that is where we're going to have to mark this one as explicit. <laughs> we have yet to make it through an episode where I haven't marked it as explicit yet. I just assumed the podcast was explicit, so I've never filtered. I manually have to check it every time. <laughs> I'm sorry, but not, but not actually that sorry. Fuck you. That's pretty funny. Um, but the other side of that space... Mm-hmm. My example being something like Left 4 Dead or Payday 2, yeah. where you have like this team thing. The characters are predefined, but they are also distinct. Right. But they also overlap in a way because they have a common struggle of fighting either zombies or cops, depending on the game. Right. <laughs> or zombie cops in some cases. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, they both have like a little bit of overlap in particular, like say like Left 4 Dead and Overwatch. Mm-hmm. There'll be um, some lines based off of events that happen in the game. Overwatch, yeah. Dota, a game like that, you'll have a rivalry line. Like Timbersaw kills Tree and Protector, um, Tracer uh, kills Reaper, and uh, uh, oh my gosh, what was her rare line? I can't remember. She has a rare line where she um, imitates his voice. Oh, that's got to be great. <laughs> and it's freaking great. Um, but kind of these these rivalries, that's the extent of it. And something like Left 4 Dead, um, 
the character's depth is kind of always there. I would put I would if this was a, a gradient, I'd put Left for Dead at like medium depth because mm-hmm. there's a lot that the characters have designed in their personalities that you discover by playing the game. Yeah, and it's usually not from like one mission. It's throughout the story of missions. Yeah. Like, just elevator sequences and that. It's like, yeah, you're moving to the next area. Yeah, the special infected are setting up in verses. But, like, Zoe and Lewis are kind of having a, a heart-to-heart about how they really hope the other person gets through it. Yeah. Um, and if you're playing through in anything other than uh, versus mode, these kind of... Left for Dead, I think, more than a lot of these other games, forces moments of... I was going to say tranquility. That's not really true. But... Um, introspection yeah silence and waiting where whatever they're trying to tell you you have to listen to um usually if characters are talking to each other and they're not yelling like tank you know over there or whatever then um it's in a moment of quiet and you can kind of like at least listen to the dialogue um there was a uh a clip i saw earlier today mm-hmm. of um, admiral bulldog who's a dota 2 player um and they were destroying the top barracks of uh radiant like wipe the enemy team they're all laughing and stuff and i was just watching this twitch clip and you get to the end and someone's like oh man our ancient and then like camera swings all the way back to the opposite side of the screen the guy had the uh triple rampage they had, their silencer had gotten a triple rampage on the enemy team wow so they like 100 percent smashing smashing these guys Camera goes back to the opposite side. Admiral Bulldog immediately loses. Everyone breaks out laughing. Um, and I realized when I first watched it that I didn't hear any of the callouts of the announcer saying that, that their ancient was under attack. So I went back and I re-watched it. And I was like, this is actually very audible. I have no idea how I missed it. And it's because uh, I just tune out the announcer. And they do the same thing. They've played the game so much. The most important call-out you can get... It's gets, from a teammate. Yeah, like, it, it gets completely... Games call-outs get tuned out. Hmm. That kind of transfers back to my original thought, which is the reason Borderlands doesn't work as far as trying to get people attached to characters in the world, in my opinion, is there is no moment of silence where it's like, ah, this is the meaningful interaction that everybody's going to hear. Um, so that, anyways, that's why I suck at Dota. I feel like you never actually answered my initial question of what game or what character in a game do you think is a good example? Was that the initial question? <laughs> I think it was. And then you put you brought back up the box that I put on the ground. Uh, of, the, I didn't even talk about The Last of Us. <laughs> of Last of Us. And then we tangented into something else. I'll be honest. I couldn't remember what your original question was. Well, that is my question again. All right. What's an example of a good character? Good characterization in a game. In multiplayer or um, single Just pick one. We don't, it doesn't need to be like the best. Example. But one you think does it justice. Of good characterization. I'm also thinking in case you turn this back on me. Yeah. I mean, I was actually... Um, this is kind of... Maybe it's maybe it's cheating a little bit. But um, Amnesia. Uh, I really like the duality... We've, which we've had an episode on in the past. Uh, Are we just plugging our own show? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys, check check out our content. We uh, have we, we make no money off this. I don't know why I'm pushing it so hard. The um, uh, the discovery of the personality of the protagonist, and the discovery of the intent of the antagonist, in parallel. Hmm. Because you don't know. You wake up. You don't know who you are. You're scared, and you determine who you are through the course of the game yeah all you have is like this note that you wrote to yourself it's like hey it's me what's up dude uh, i need you to go uh, and kill this guy and you're like i just launched the game <laughs> yeah. what's going on am i the per- kind of person that kills people i don't yeah, know. like are you am i a bad guy <laughs> <laughs> i think we're the baddies <laughs> but i like that i like that it's a little bit of a twist on it Mm-hmm. I mean, amnesia gets used a lot in RPGs to make it so you don't have to explain to the protagonist what the backstory of the world is. But this game gets King past. Hearts 3. Um, I feel though that that is a good example of them doing it well yeah. because it's the whole core of the game mm-hmm. is you like 
going deeper and deeper and discovering. And it's but not it's, it's not a blank slate either. No, it's not. Which I like. You are very much Daniel. Yeah. I'm well, trying to think of my example. Yeah. I was like, you probably didn't expect me to have an actually good one with amnesia. <laughs> no, I expect our responses to be shit. <laughs> um, hmm. Cause I really want to make a secure time, but I can't. Yeah. What have else have I been playing recently or more historically? I don't know. I don't, um, I don't know if you Fuck play. it. I'll, I'll plug it again. Yeah. So in Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's another good example of it. Yeah. Um, because you play as Booker DeWitt. Yeah, Booker Catch. <laughs> Booger Catch? <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, you again start out with like a premise of like you don't know what you're doing or where you're going. Yeah. And you can kind of tell a little bit about your character. But then as you go, you kind of transition from being this rugged outlaw type character to a very caring person. Cause initially you're going after Elizabeth. Yeah. For like, bring us the girl. Wipe away, away the dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wipe away the slate. <laughs> the slate's gone. <laughs> Was that supposed to happen? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but like, as you go, you can tell that like their attachment to each other grows and like the dynamic changes throughout the game. Yeah. And it's based on events where it makes sense. Like, there are times where we're like, we have to work together because we have to and other stuff. Yeah. But based on other things, it really grows. And then, I'm not going to spoil the end of the game in case somebody hasn't played it. Yeah. But... We haven't had an episode on that yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's obvious reasons why, like, it, it all ties together mm-hmm. later on. And for me, that it was really impactful in that way. Yeah. Because it was another unfolding story where they did develop the characters over time throughout the course of the game. And I think for me, that's probably my preferred style Yeah. of if I want to get emotionally or just invested in the game. Based off the fact that one of your examples is infinite and the other example is Undertale, I think you have like Shut the up. background <laughs> to support that. And then the last of us being another one of my favorites is... Yeah. Which is the only emotionally devoid game <laughs> on the, the full list. Yeah. But I think <laughs> all of my games that like I really truly like always have a soft spot in my heart. Yeah. Near Automata. Another great game. And it's it's a lot of interactions between characters you already care about. Yes. I don't find myself and maybe you'll disagree with me on this, but I don't find myself often caring about faceless, voiceless protagonists from the perspective of character development, how they see the world. I can't think Minecraft, back... Steve. Yeah. Right. Like I can't think back on any example of a character that is me and my choices for that playthrough. I'm like, ah, that one I'm really attached to. Um, An example I think would be, so, you know, um, well, wow, I'm blanking on the game. What's it like? Travis touchdown is the main character. Yeah. No more heroes. No more heroes. I feel that No More Heroes would not be a fun game if you do not have the character of Travis Touchdown. Right. Because it's so crazy and over the top where you need that. Yeah. It's hard to put like a blank slate in that place. You're like, all right, go. It'll make sense. Yeah. Eh. Like Suda51 just has completely absurd characters. Like we we covered Killer is Dead. Yeah. If that protagonist was entirely a blank slate, it would have just been to the detriment of the game. Um. It's kind of interesting, as I didn't know we were working our way to this conclusion. Hmm. Because, like, it bothered me that some of my recent RPG releases have been less blank slatey, which I'm entirely confident is not a word. Um, like, I mentioned Fallout 4. Yeah. Came out, voice protagonist, fewer dialogue options, all of that. That's closer to the pre-programmed, like, predestined protagonist, kind of. But I enjoyed it less than a lot of freedom in that type of game. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying, I feel that RPGs, like anything Bethesda makes, mm-hmm. it's it behooves it to have a silent main character so you can choose your play style. Yeah. Because you are the adventurer. You go and do whatever the fuck. It's not about you. It's about the world and the characters you interact with. That actually, that's probably a good point. I think that's a good point like there's not a story to tell in skyrim where it's like 
and you as the hero learn this lesson it's like no you're going around killing shit yeah exploring it's funny that that's true even when you're not the like even when you're not the when you are the the main focus of the universe past like the midpoint in the game yeah everybody's like is that guy that, is, that, is that the guy and you're like yeah that's the guy <laughs> that's the dragonborn he's over there <laughs> me and fable is that the chicken kicker <laughs> that's the guy who kicked chickens the guy who kissed chickens kisses chickens <laughs> i don't think that was one of the titles there were some interesting titles in fable one though yeah any of the the starter titles that were like super cheap those were the ones you should stick with those ones are good it's been a while but yeah but a lot of them are just insults which is freaking great uh arse face i remember that one <laughs> remember that being a title yeah um but i think that i'm i'm basically in agreement if it's a well-written character and has like a well-written arc i'll remember that a lot more that has a more impactful long-term um impact (laughs) yeah on me than uh an open world game which i might enjoy a lot yeah there are times when i am really feeling that jam Mm mm-hmm but as far as character development, like you said, we're in agreement. It's better to have somebody who develops over time and then also is human. Yeah. I. One of the things I hate the most for like tropes in movies is when you have two people and it's like, they need a romantic thing yeah. for the... For the moms watching to respark their love life with their husband. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Do not put something in for the sake of it. Right. I fucking hate it, and it's so fucking transparent and bad. Yeah. How do we get the X demographic is usually... Yeah. Nothing Nothing that starts with that question comes out good, I think. Yeah, because you're doing something out of necessity. Yeah. Rather than, like, a love or a passion. So would you say that uh, this, do you prefer a game that gives you more choice or less choice as it applies to uh, character development? Because while you think about that, I could give an example real quick. Like, yeah, please. Um, uh, something like Mass Effect, where you're always the hero, but maybe you're the renegade hero, maybe you're the paragon hero, or... Uh, crap, what is the <laughs> what was the PlayStation's version of Prototype? Uh, infamous infamous yes infamous infamous second that was song. just a guess <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing where you level up all the way in uh payday 2 and then you reset the level uh, yeah, infamous. <laughs> but um in that one you're like oh yeah be the be the villain or be the good guy yeah um do you prefer that or the more tailored experience as created by a person named taylor um shout out to taylor i'd probably say (laughs) usually a more tailored experience will make for better characters and a better story because i feel like no i haven't played mass effect right um but for the example you gave with infamous also haven't played Um, (laughs) have you played a game like that though where they gave you yeah but like it feels very meaningless for Mm -hmm. them to be like hey so it's like Professor Oak being like, so are you a boy or a girl? I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah. my, my, what I pick here does not change. It's just, it changes one cutscene at the end. Yeah. Also, why are you asking me? <laughs> Can't you tell? <laughs> Do you decide this? He's like, hey, it's 2019. Not making any, not making any snap judgments. <laughs> I'm just imagining that up until that point, I know yeah. this is character development where you're just telling him how things are mm-hmm. but what if you're not telling him how things are you're telling him how things will be right <laughs> gender neutral kids just walk up and the professor is just like want to be a boy or a girl <laughs> that's probably not where you're going with that but. no not not as much I, I i find myself agreeing with uh with that uh assessment kind of more and more too Literally, the examples I, I kind of gave as far as character development is concerned, n- and neither one does. Either the story like drastically diverges and then gameplay is unaffected, or the story does not drastically diverge and gameplay is unaffected in both of those cases. And in both cases, it feels like a little bit shallow, mm. and I feel like if they dedicated all of their writing effort to 
one character's uh, moral development or character development um, without having a whole lot of different branching paths or options or consequences. I want to add, though, there needs to be a certain degree of you interacting. Mm -hmm. So something like a walking simulator, you pick up a thing, you open a door, who fucking raw? It doesn't make you tied to the character. Yeah. So, like, again, going back to Last of Us, when you, like, <laughs> have to kill somebody who's human... We should just leave it on the table at this point. <laughs> when you have to kill somebody who's human, it's usually impactful. Mm -hmm. It's not like, somebody attacked me, I had to do it. Yeah. Like, there are some times where it's like, oh, shit. Right. And the fact that you're actually doing it versus just watching a cutscene makes a difference. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah, you um, kill humans. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so when you play as Ellie uh -huh. in the winter, oh yeah, you essentially have like a boss fight with this guy who's the head of like a cannibal organization. Yeah, I don't know. Cult? Yeah, probably. Group. Yeah, that last one makes the most sense. Uh, but basically you find this out. Um, and so like you're running from him because he wants to kill you. Mm. And you're in like this essentially a diner. And you're kind of like going through and trying to sneak, make sure you don't get fucking detected. Oh, yeah. This is the, the sneak it, fight. It was super creepy. Yeah. And also, the guy's name is David. Uh -huh. Please stop doing that, video <laughs> game makers. Um, but it... I can't do that. Dude. I felt <laughs> tense. I felt anxious because I wanted to kick this guy's ass, but I also didn't want to be murdered. Right. And the fact that I actually went through that engagement mm -hmm. as a player versus just a spectator yeah. made me give a shit. And now I'm like, I'm so glad Ellie got through that. I'm so glad I got through that. Exactly. You you actually fear for the main character. Yeah. You feel like in a lot of RPGs where it doesn't matter, like you have a lot of choices you can save and reload at any point. Like you might oh, just I do was something. Oh, I'm gonna save scummy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you might just save scum to see what happens, which yeah. I think is like I do that because mm -hmm. I think everybody does that if you have the option. Because like, why would you not? You literally get to experience more content in a single playthrough and see what would have happened which is a great question but in a game like this there's a chance like naughty dog puts a lot of effort into their games they might have a situation where um you actually get her caught and then something bad happens and then they have you keep playing or something like that yeah like that's entirely plausible um and I was in the, in the same situation. I was like, I was afraid for Ellie because I'm emotionally attached to her at this yep. point. And like a good jet, like round of applause to developers. If you can get your players to that point. Um, there's actually uh, kind of wrapping up that thought a little bit. Um, an example of a game that's like that, that I know, I don't think you've played it yet, but um, I did play a couple earlier this year. Um, no, last year. What's the game? Detroit Become Human. I did not. By the uh, same people who made like Heavy Rain, Indigo mm -hmm. Prophecy. Uh, I can never remember their their company name, but everybody else knows it. You can look it up. Um, that game has that concern for the main characters, and then 100% they will cash in on mistakes. You don't get like a restart. Yeah. Whatever happens, 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 and the story moves on. And that is super terrifying from an investment standpoint. Yeah. If you start to care about those characters and you're like, I'm sneaking around a house and if I get caught, it's it. Like this playthrough, that's it. Yeah. For this character. It's, uh, it gets you in the game. It gets you in the game. So that's another good one. I recommend that one. Once, once we both play that, we can, uh, we can go ahead and, uh, make an episode on that one. Maybe. Maybe. Shit, we don't make episodes on games anymore. <laughs> That's fair, right? <laughs> but uh, anything, any any closing remarks on characters? A scale of uh, 0 to 10, how, how important, now that we've talked through it all. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to just without an answer. That's fair. I wouldn't either, because I don't, I don't really have one. Again, just going back, like it really depends on the game. Um, yeah. If you're doing anything that's more story-driven where the character development matters and they're not just like I'm sitting in the backseat to like watch the story type thing. Yeah. 
fucking put some effort into it. And then when it does, it's really paid off in games that I've come to love and enjoy. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, pour your passion into it. If that's a really cool mechanic and you're just going to build the game around it, go for it. That's awesome. That's how we got Super Meat Boy or whatever else. Oh, hell yeah. But um, if, if it's a story you want to tell, tell the story and make your characters meaningful. Give them flaws. We'll be along for the ride. Yeah. Nobody likes perfection. Yeah. Which is why so many people hate me. <laughs> let's, let's end it on that joke. Yeah. Um, so, so, but I do want to hear other people's opinions because, again, we're just two guys who play video games. Mm-hmm. But if there's a certain character in a video game that you think is really well personified and you care about them outside yeah. of the game as far as like how they've developed maybe throughout the series yeah. or anything else, or you just have good examples... Use the fucking Facebook, people. Yeah. Facebook.com slash podcast. Let us know who your favorite characters are from your gaming experiences and why that's the case. Um, as always, you can send in feedback directly to our Gmail if you wish. podcast at gmail.com. And as always, we will see you in the next one.